Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This week's episode features Phil Amundsen. I'm going to start with a question, and I would like you to hold up your hand if I say the name Matt Chapman, if that means anything to you. Does, it, does the name Matt Chapman? There's a few, not very many, and I know you're the real dedicated ball fans. I'm going to give you just a thumbnail sketch so what I'm saying is going to mean something to you. Matt Chapman is the third baseman for the Toronto Toronto Blue Jays. And he's just, this is his first year with him. He's only been in the league about five years. But during that time, he's won three gold gloves as the best third baseman in the defensive third baseman in the American League and two platinum gloves as the best defender period in the American League. And I was, I was delighted when they traded for him, and um, I was watching a game one day, and it was, a, it was a day game after a night game, and the announcers were telling that, you know, that's the time when it's hard on the players, two games compressed together, that uh, they take it easy and no, no batting practice. They came out early to get ready for their broadcast, and there's Matt Chapman out with one of the coaches taking ground balls at third base. Here was somebody who's at the top of their game, an absolute elite defender, and he was practicing. And the Lord just said to me, that has application in your spiritual life. And over the next number of weeks, He kept dropping little things in my mind about this. And and I'm going to start off. The first part is is I'm going to talk to you about kind of three situations in the Bible that that fit with this. Talks about the the perseverance. We heard that about the widow and the judge. The faith, the not settling for less and the dedication and commitment in our walk. And, and the first one is, is Noah and the ark. I, I looked up, and some scholars will argue about how long it took, but they seem to agree it's somewhere between 55 and 75 years. Uh, there's Whether it, whether the, it had rained or not, most seem to think that up until that time it had never rained. And here God asked Noah to build an ark. It never rained. It was going to take a long time. And uh, I expect he took some ridicule for that, building a boat where there's no water. He did it without tools, not the tools we have today. And most of us, if you're like me, we couldn't do much without power tools. And I've even gone beyond that. They've got to be cordless power tools. <laughs> Noah trusted God, and when he asked him to do something, he did it. 
and he did it over a long, long, long time. For a lot of us, that's two careers. The second one I want to talk to you about is Jacob, and found in in Genesis uh, 32. And it's only about five or six verses, and I'm going to read it to you, starting at the 24th verse. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him. And in that 26th verse, this is, this is the one that, that stands out with me. And, and every time I read this, it says, I will not let you go except you bless me. He was willing to endure pain. He was willing to put forth a tremendous effort to get that blessing. What do we do to get the blessing of the Lord? Are we willing to endure? Are we willing to put forth that kind of effort? The next one, the third one in this group that I wanted to talk to you about was in 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. And this is the story of Elisha when he was, uh, he was with Elijah and the time had come when, when God was going to bring him home. And again, it's not a whole pile of verses, so I'm just going to read it to you. And it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elijah unto Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said to him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forward to Elisha and said to him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophet that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know. Hold your peace. And Elijah said to him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as, the soul, as my soul, thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. 
And the two went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophet went and stood to view afar off, and the two stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together, and he smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And it came to pass that as they still went on and talked, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of him out of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell upon, fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when also he had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elijah went over. And then the sons of the prophets, which were, were to view Jericho, saw him. And they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to, ground, on, to the ground before him. How many times did Elijah try to get him to stay behind? But Elisha knew there was something for him. And he wasn't going to accept less. In the ninth and tenth verse, it says about, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Do we ask for hard things? God is willing to give us hard things. If we'll ask. But I like that, says. He was bold. He wasn't timid. He wanted what God was willing to give him. He asked a hard thing. He says, you've asked a hard thing. But the next part was, nevertheless, you're going to get it. When we were praying up here, and, and I'm not going to betray any trust, but, but it, it, it really spoke to me. One of the individuals that we prayed with shared the number of things that they were, they were seeking the Lord's touch on their life. And they said, but if I only get one of them, this one particular thing was really important. And I understood that, and I thought, I, I understand that. 
But I said, God doesn't want to just give you one thing. God wants to give you everything. And I said, when we prayed, we don't want to settle for less than God is willing to give us. He has so much for us. Why would we ever want to settle for less? So as I was thinking at this, this followed through and, and, and uh, as it went on, I, I, I thought more about it and I thought, okay, God told me this had, this had practical application in my spiritual life. But how? Can I practice my spiritual walk? I said, no. But actually, I can. Practice isn't just doing an activity. Practice is being prepared. And God wants us to be prepared in so many things. So then I started to think, what are the spiritual ground balls that God wants me to take? And and there's a number of things that God talked to me about that that I should be practicing to prepare my spiritual walk that I can be better at it. Not that I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be faithful in what God has for me. And the first one is regular prayer and communion with God. I can practice that by doing it. Every day, I try to start my day with time with the Lord. And I try not to rush it. I try to take time that I can talk to him and he can talk to me. And I'm just going to share a few verses. There's there's tons of verses about this. But but there's some that the Lord put in my heart. And I just would in Psalms one forty five, verse eighteen and nineteen said The Lord is near to all who call upon him. All who call out to him with integrity. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry for help and he saves them. These are wonderful promises. In James chapter 5 verses 13 to 16 it says, Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? Just a little while ago, he should sing praises. If any among you is sick, he should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with the oil of, in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another, so that ye may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is very powerful in effect. Our prayers are very powerful if we will be faithful and use them. 
In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm fortunate at this stage in my life, I have a little more time. But I remember when I was working long hours, we had two little kids that were active and involved in everything, and it was hard to find time. But there's ways we can do it, and God understands if we put forth the effort. I know um, our kids used to go to, when we were in Winnipeg, they went to uh, a Christian school. And the church that it was associated with often had these little daily devotional booklets. And Vicky was really good. She would, anytime she was there and saw a new one, she would grab it for me. And I like to carry those around with me. And every day at work, I would try to find at least time to read the, the devotional for that, that day. And it was a blessing to me because I didn't have the time that I can do now to, uh, to devote to it. And, but, but God, God will honor us if we're faithful in our, in our time with Him. And <clears throat> any successful relationship that we have in the natural is based on us spending time with that individual and communicating with that individual. And it is absolutely no different with God. If we spend time with him and we communicate with him, we develop that relationship. And that's, there's not many other ways to develop a relationship. The second part of that, and it's closely related to this, and that's read God's word daily. Psalm 119.11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word is a protection for us. It'll provide us that safeguard. Store it up in your heart. Spend time in God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. In Romans 5, 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that provide, we may have hope. These two things, our time of prayer, our time with God, our time reading the Bible, is absolutely essential for us to build that relationship 
that we want to have and we need to have with our Heavenly Father. The next thing that's good for us to practice is attending church regularly. You know, Zoom was such a blessing. We couldn't be together, and yet it was it was a way for us to stay somewhat in touch. And as so many people have said, it was good, but it's not near as good as this. It is so good to be able to to be face to face and be with with those our spiritual family. But God provided Zoom for us, and we're thankful for that. But if you, you attend church regularly, it's important. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and to, to much, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The time that we spend in, in reading God's word and, and in, in our private time with God is really important. But, but when we're together like this, we build one another up. And, and that's important. Also, that private time is often preparation for the time for us to minister here. There was a lot of hours that the Lord and I talked in preparation for the for the few minutes you're going to get get here today. But it was a good time. And some of it was between four and five o'clock the other morning. But you know, during that time, it was such a peaceful time. I was talking to God and God was talking to me. And I didn't feel like I was being deprived of sleep. And when I got up a little bit later, I was well rested. God had blessed that time. And linked quite closely to that is use the spiritual gifts that God has given you. He has given you those gifts for your blessing, but for every one of our blessing as well. First Timothy, or Second Timothy, chapter one, six, seven, and this is in the English Standard Version. For the reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of the hands, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Romans 4, 4, uh, 4 to 8. And I will never ever read this verse when I won't think of my father. Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. 
If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's, one's faith. If service, use in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhorting. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. God has made us an, ind- an interdependent body. And none of us is complete by ourselves. It's one of the reasons we're encouraged to meet together. So that we can benefit from what everybody else in the body of Christ can minister to us. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 verses 4 to 12, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse gifts of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh one and the same self-same spirit, dividing every man severally as he will, For as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body, being many, are are one body, so also is Christ. You know, God has given us these ministries, but when we first have them, they're not easy. If you, if you get given the gift of prophecy, if, if the Lord has, has imparted a, a gift of prophecy, it's not easy. But one of the ways that you can allow God to develop that is you can spend time with God praying about it. You can spend time reading those prophetic books. And it can be a real help in the development of that ministry. If you have a ministry of teaching, it's important that you spend time with God, that he can talk to you about what he would like you to talk to somebody else about. And then when he puts something on your heart, it can take weeks, and he can talk to you. I think of how many times I've come to church and there's been something that's kind of half-baked in there. And, 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 and I know it's not complete. And I know I just have to wait. And I wait. And sometimes I realize that was just for me. And it never gets ministered. And other times my patience is rewarded and he gives me the rest of it. And then he says, now now you can share it, because now God has made it complete. One of the other things that's 
that I, I think is important in our walk is that we share what we believe. And I think, this will be for the, for the young people. <clears throat> There's a time when I was in high school, and I know Mervyn reminded me that when I graduated, where he was at the, the Saskatoon church a, a few weeks ago, and he turns to me and he says, it was 50 years ago that you graduated. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> but it was. But I remember, I can still remember back that far, and in about grade, it was 11 or 12, um, there, was a, there was a guy, and he ended up, by, if it was grade 12, he was our class president. And uh, I knew him, and we were friendly, but we didn't come around. And one day, he just kind of, we were off by ourselves, just happened to be ourselves, and he started asking me about our church. And I thought, where's this going? This can't be good. <laughs> I don't want to be just giving him ammunition that he can pick on me later on. And he didn't. But the Lord prompted me that it was important for me to answer his questions. And I did to the best of my ability. And I never heard any more about it. But I hope that I was faithful in sharing what I believe. In 1 Peter 3.15 in the King James Version says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh a reason for the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. That's worded very, very well. It does not tell you to go out and buttonhole anybody who you think needs it. Our part, what God is asking us to do, he's not asking us to select who we should talk to. He's asking us to be prepared when he selects who we should talk to. And then be willing to share willingly. We have so much good to share. We have so much good things to tell people about our walk. And, and, and when we, and we, and people will ask. It, it, it links to, to my next point, but, but I don't know how many times. And it's not just when you're kids. It happened to me a few weeks ago. I might have graduated 50 years ago, but I still play ball. And we were playing ball at the end of it. One of the players brought out some beverages. And he said, do you want one? I says, do you have a pop? And he says, I do. And he says, you don't drink? I says, nope. That's good. He want to know why? And I told him. And that was good too. But I don't know how many times 
when I've played on hockey teams and sports teams and stuff, that that question comes up. I think of when we were, when we were kids, uh, we, I was fortunate. I had a brother and lots of cousins that we played together. And all the teams we play on, we didn't tell them, but they knew. They knew everything about it. And they didn't even ask. God wants us to live what we believe. He wants us to be honest. He wants us to have common courtesy. He wants us to be hospitable. He wants us to be friendly. He wants us to be inclusive. He wants us to be generous. He wants us to have moderation. And he wants us to be even-tempered. And he wants us to be a whole bunch of other things. But I'm going to end on just that many. You know, our lives are an example. Again, you'll you'll have to apologize, uh, or I have to apologize. You get stories about me because I'm the one I only know about me. Um, I, I am always shocked at what people know about us, and I don't have a foggiest idea how they know it. Um, I, I, when I worked out of our Calgary office, I was responsible for Vancouver as well, and I was out there and I was meeting with some of our managers there, and we had managed, and we went for lunch. And there's a group of us sitting at the table, and one of the managers, she turned to me and she says, you're an ordained minister, aren't you? I looked at my says, no. <laughs> I says, what I am is I'm an elder in our church in Calgary. And there's a group of elders and deacons that are responsible for, for that church. But we all have, have jobs. And, but, but we're responsible for, for that church and for the, for everything about that. How in the world? I knew this person. We had visit, visited in the office in a work situation and stuff. But people talk. And it's not all bad that they talk. It is good that we are known and read of all men. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2, Ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. I don't know. The one I think I always think of what the, the kids sing. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let your light shine before men, that they may know and glorify your heavenly Father. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, 
If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Do. He's given us the pattern for our life. If we do these things, we are walking the way he wants to. And the God of peace shall be with you if we do those things. And in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, this is the New Living Translation, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And you know, if we have those fruits in our life, they will be visible to the people that we deal with every day. I'm getting near the end. Here's some things that, manners that we have. The world doesn't necessarily place a higher priority on, man, on manners, but manners are important. Hold the door open for people. I've held the door open for people, and they truck right through, and I say, you're welcome. (laughs) And I've I've had people, oh, thanks. (laughs) But it is polite. Hold the door open for people. Say please and thank you. I was over in in the dining hall. We were getting ready for lunch today, and there was a little guy that came in there. I don't know who he is, but he asked me where the glasses for, for glasses were. I says, you mean for water? And he says, yes. And I says, there's a cooler over there, and there's glasses there, and you can help yourself. He took a step, and then he turned back to me and he said, thank you. I thought, bless your heart. What a polite young, just a young, young boy. Smile at people. You ever walk down the street and you look at people and you smile and their reaction, it's really good. It's a blessing to them and it's a blessing to you. Don't leave people out. Be inclusive. Particularly young folks, it is hard to be left out. We don't want that. We want God to include, and we want us all to move forward together. Look into people's eyes when you talk to them and when they talk to you. I used to to coach ball, and, and I used to like to coach ball. But nothing meant as much when I was talking to the kids about what we wanted them to do. When I looked them, they were looking back in my eyes. It's a sign of respect, and it shows you're interested in what they're saying. In conclusion, we're going to get another sports story. You may not have known who Matt Chapman is. 
But hold up your hand if you know who Muhammad Ali is. <laughs> you know, um, he was he was just coming in and he won his first championship. I was just a young boy. And you may not know that my dad loved boxing. And they didn't carry it on TV. We had one channel out on the farm. But the radio would carry it. And dad, dad would listen to the, to the, to the boxing. And I remember when, at that time he was known as Cassius Clay, fought Sonny Liston and he won his first title. And I wasn't necessarily as enamored with, with boxing as I like to spend time with my dad. And it was good to listen with him. But, like, you know, he was probably the, of his era, he was the greatest boxer. He was very innovative. And he understood what it was to be successful. And he was extremely successful. And he was dedicated to being successful. And here's a quote that he said that I think sums it all up. The fight is won or lost far away from the witnesses, behind the lines, in the gym, out on the road, long before I dance under the lights. And that's for us, too. God has so much for us. But it requires dedication. It requires commitment. It requires time. But God wants to give it to us. If we will just put forth the effort and, and, and take advantage and not settle for less than he's willing to give us. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.